Act Four of Volpone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Volpone, or the Fox, by Ben Jonson, Act Four, Scene One, A Street. Enter Sir Politic Woodby and Peregrine. I told you, sir, it was a plot. You see what observation is? You mentioned me for some instructions. I will tell you, sir. Since we are met here in this height of Venice, some few particulars I have set down, only for this meridian fit to be known of your crude traveller, and they are these. I will not touch, sir, at your phrase or close, for they are old. Sir, I have better. Pardon, I meant as they are themes. Oh, sir, proceed. I'll slander you no more of Woodgood, sir. First, for your garb. It must be grave and serious, very reserved and locked. Not tell a secret on any terms, not to your father. Scarce a fable, but with caution. Make sure choice both of your company and discourse. Beware you never speak a truth. How? Not to strangers. For those be they you must converse with most. Others I would not know, sir, but at a distance, so as I still might be a saver in them. You shall have tricks else passed upon you hourly. And then, for your religion, profess none, but wonder at the diversity of all. And, for your part, protest. Were there no other but simply the laws of the land, you could content you. Nicolai Machiavelli and Monsieur Bowden both were of this mind. Then must you learn the use and handling of your silver fork at meals, the metal of your glass. These are main matters with your Italian, and to know the hour when you must eat your melons and your figs. Is that a point of stage too? Here it is. For your Venetian, if he see a man preposterous in the least, he has him straight, he has, he strips him. I'll acquaint you, sir, I now have lived here, tis some fourteen months, within the first week of my landing here, all took me for a citizen of Venice. I knew the form so well. Peregrine, aside. And nothing else. I had read Contarene, took me a house, dealt with my Jews to furnish it with movables. Well, if I could but find one man, one man to mine own heart, whom I durst trust, I would. What? What, sir? Make him rich. Make him a fortune. He should not think again. I would command it. As how? With certain projects that I have, which I may not discover. Peregrine, aside. If I had but one to wager with, I would lay odds now, he tells me instantly. One is and that I care not greatly who knows, to serve the state of Venice with red herrings for three years, and, at a certain rate, from Rotterdam, where I have correspondence. There's a letter sent me from one of the states, and to that purpose. He cannot write his name, but that's his mark. He's a chandler? No, a cheesemonger. There are some others, too, with whom I treat about the same negotiation and I will undertake it, for tis thus. I'll do it with ease. I have cast it all. Your hoy carries but three men in her, and a boy, and she shall make me three returns a year, 
So, if there come but one of three, I save. If two, I can default. But this is now if my main project fail. Then you have others. I should be loath to draw the subtle air of such a place without my thousand aims. I'll not dissemble, sir. Where'er I come, I love to be considerative. And tis true I have at my free hours thought upon some certain goods unto the state of Venice, which I do call my cautions. And, sir, which I mean in hopes of pension, to propound to the great council, then unto the forty, so to the ten. My means are made already. By whom? Sir, one that, though his place be obscure, yet he can sway, and they will hear him. He's a commendador. What, a common sergeant? Sir, such as they are, put it in their mouths what they should say sometimes. And well as greater, I think I have my notes to show you. Searching his pockets. Good sir. But you shall swear unto me, on your gentry, not to anticipate. I, sir. Nor reveal a circumstance. My paper is not with me. Oh, but you can remember, sir. My first is concerning tinder-boxes. You must know no family is here without its box. Now, sir, it being so portable a thing, put case that you or I were ill-affected unto the state, sir. With it in our pockets, might not I go into the arsenal, or you come out again, and none the wiser? Except yourself, sir. Go to, then. I therefore advertise to the state how fit it were that none but such as were known patriots, sound lovers of their country, should be suffered to enjoy them in their houses, and even those sealed at some office, and at such a bigness as might not lurk in pockets. Admirable. My next is how to inquire and be resolved by present demonstration, whether a ship newly arrived from Soria, or from any suspected part of all the Levant, be guilty of the plague, and where they use to lie out forty, fifty days sometimes about the Lazetto for their trial, I'll save that charge and loss unto the merchant, and in an hour clear the doubt. Indeed, sir. Or I will lose my labor. My faith, that's much. Nay, sir, conceive me. It will cost me in onions some thirty livres. Which is one pound sterling. Beside my waterworks. For this I do, sir. First, I bring in your ship twixt two brick walls, but those the state shall venture. On the one I strain me a fair tarpaulin, and in that I stick my onions cut in halves. The other is full of loopholes, out at which I thrust the noses of my bellows, and those bellows I keep, with waterworks, in perpetual motion, which is the easiest matter of a hundred. Now, sir, your onion, which does naturally attract the infection, and your bellows blowing the air upon him, will show instantly by his changed color if there be contagion, or else remain as fair as at the first. Now it is known. Tis nothing. You are right, sir. I would I had my note. Faith, so would I. But you have done well for once, sir. Were I false, or would be made so, I could show you reasons how I could sell this state now to the Turk spite of their galleys or their examining his papers pray you sir paul i have them not about me that i feared they are there sir no this is my diary wherein i note my actions of the day 
pray you let's see sir what is here reads notandum a rat had gnawn my spur leathers notwithstanding i put on new and did go forth but first i threw three beans over the threshold item i went and bought two toothpicks whereof one i burst immediately in a discourse with a dutch merchant Badoradion del stato from him i went and paid a mochinigo for piecing my silk stockings by the way i cheapened sprats and at st mark's i urined faith these are politic notes sir i do slip no action of my life but thus i quote it believe me it is wise nay sir read forth enter at a distance lady politic woodby nano and two waiting-women where should this loose knight be trow sure he's housed why then he's fast ay he plays both with me i pray you stay this heat will do more harm to my complexion than his heart is worth i do not care to hinder but to take him rubbing her cheeks how it comes off my master's yonder where with a young gentleman that same to the party in man's apparel pray you sir jog my knight i'll be tender to his reputation however he demerit sir politic seeing her my lady where tis she indeed sir you shall know her she is were she not mine a lady of that merit for fashion and behaviour and for beauty i durst compare it seems you are not jealous that dare commend her nay and for discourse being your wife she cannot miss that sir politic introducing peregrine madam here is a gentleman pray you use him fairly he seems a youth but he is none yes one has put his face as soon into the world you mean as early but to-day how's this why in this habit sir you apprehend me well master woodby this doth not become you i had thought the odour sir of your name had been more precious to you that you would not have done this dire massacre on your honour one of your gravity and rank besides but knights i see care little for the oath they make two ladies chiefly their own ladies now by my spurs the symbol of my knighthood peregrine aside lord how his brain is humbled for an oath i reach you not right sir your policy may it bear through thus to peregrine sir a word with you i would be loth to contest publicly with any gentlewoman or to be seen forward or violent as the courtier says it comes too near rusticity in a lady which i would shun by all means and however i may deserve from master woodby yet to have one fair gentlewoman thus be made the unkind instrument to wrong another and one she knows not i and to persevere in my poor judgment is not warranted from being a solecism in our sex if not in manners how is this sweet madam come nearer to your aim mary and will sir since you provoke me with your impudence and laughter of your light land siren here your sporus your humphrodite what's here pratic fury and historic storms the gentleman believe it is of worth and of our nation ay your white friars nation come i blush for you master woodby ay 
and am ashamed that you should have no more forehead than thus to be the patron or saint george to a lewd harlot a base fricatrice a female devil in a male outside nay and you be such a one i must bid adieu to your delights the case appears too liquid exit ah you may carry it clear with your state face but for your carnival compuscence who here is fled for liberty of conscience from furious persecution of the marshal her will i display this is fine in faith and do you use this often is this part of your wit's exercise against you have occasion madam go to sir do you hear me lady why if your knight have set you to beg shirts or to invite me home you might have done it a nearer way by far this cannot work you out of my snare why am i in it then indeed your husband told me you were fair and so you are only your nose inclines that side that's next the sun to the queen apple this cannot be endured by any patience enter mosca what is the matter madam if the senate write not my quest in this i'll protest them to all the world no aristocracy what is the injury lady why the colour you told me of here i have ten disguised who this what means your ladyship the creature i mentioned to you is apprehended now before the senate you shall see her where i'll bring you to her this young gentleman i saw him land this morning at the port is it possible how is my judgment wondered sir i must be blushing say to you i have erred and plead your pardon what more changes yet i hope you have not the malice to remember a gentleman's passion if you stay in venice here please you to use me sir will you go madam pray you sir use me in faith the more you see me the more i shall conceive you have forgot our quarrel Exeunt Lady Woodby, Mosca, Nono, and waiting women. This is rare. Sir Politic Woodby? No, Sir Politic Bored. To bring me thus acquainted with his wife? Well, why, Sir Paul, since you have practised thus upon my freshmanship, I'll try your salted, what proof it is against a counterplot. Exit. Scene two. The Scrutineo, or Senate House. Enter Voltore, Corbaccio, Corvino, and Mosca. Well, now you know the carriage of the business, your constancy is all that is required unto the safety of it. Is the lie safely conveyed amongst us? Is that sure? Knows every man his burden? Yes. Then shrink not. But knows the advocate the truth? Oh, sir, by no means. I devised a formal tale that salved a reputation. But be valiant, sir. I fear no one but him, that this his pleading should make him stand for a co-heir. Co-halter? Hang him. We will but use his tongue, his noise, as we do croakers here. Aye, what shall he do? When we have done, you mean? Yes. Why, we'll think. Sell him for mummia. He's half dust already. To Voltore. Do not you smile to see this buffalo, how he does sport it with his head? Aside, I should if it were all well and past. To Corbaccio. Sir, only you are he that shall enjoy the crop of all, and these not know for whom they toil. Aye, peace. Mosca, turning to Corvino. But you shall eat it. Aside. Much. To Voltore. Worshipful, sir, 
Mercury sit upon your thundering tongue, or the French Hercules, and make your language as conquering as his club, to beat along, as with a tempest, flat our adversaries. That much more yours, sir. Here they come. Have done. I have another witness, if you need, sir, I can produce. Who is it? Sir, I have her. Enter Avocatori and take their seats. Benario, Celia, Notario, Commandadori, Safi, and other officers of justice. The like of this the Senate never heard of. It will come most strange to them when we report it. The gentlewoman has been ever held of unreproved name. So has the youth. The more unnatural part of his father. More of the husband. I not know to give his act a name, it is so monstrous. But the impostor, he's a thing created to exceed example and all the after-times i never heard a true voluptuary described but him appear yet those were cited all but the old magnifico volpone why is not he here please your fatherhoods here is his advocate himself so weak so feeble what are you his parasite his knave his pandar I beseech the court he may be forced to come that your grave eyes may bear strong witness of his strange impostures. Upon my faith and credit with your virtues, he is not able to endure the air. Bring him, however. We will see him. Fetch him. Your fatherhood's fit pleasures be obeyed. Exeunt officers. But sure, the sight will rather move your pities than indignation. May it please the court, in the meantime, he may be heard in me. I know this place most void of prejudice, and therefore crave it, since we have no reason to fear our truth should hurt our cause. Speak free. Then know, most honoured fathers, I must now discover to your strangely abused ears the most prodigious and most frontless piece of solid impudence and treachery that ever vicious nature yet brought forth to shame the state of Venice. This lewd woman, that wants no artificial looks or tears to help the visor she has now put on, hath long been known a close adulteress to that lascivious youth there. Not suspected, I say, but known, and taken in the act with him. And by this man, the easy husband, pardoned, whose timeless bounty makes him now stand here, the most unhappy, innocent person that ever man's own goodness made accused. For these, not knowing how to owe a gift of that dear grace but with their shame, being placed so above all powers of their gratitude, began to hate the benefit and in place of thanks devise to extirp the memory of such an act wherein i pray your fatherhoods to observe the malice yea the rage of creatures discovered in their evils and what heart such take even from their crimes but that anon will more appear this gentleman the father hearing of this foul fact with many others which daily struck his too tender ears, and grieved in nothing more 
than that he could not preserve himself a parent his son's ills growing to that strange flood at last decreed to disinherit him these be strange turns the young man's fame was ever fair and honest so much more full of danger is his vice that can beguile so under shade of virtue but as i said my honoured sires his father having this settled purpose by what means to him betrayed we know not and this day appointed for the deed that parricide i cannot style him better by confederacy preparing this his paramour to be there entered volpone's house who was the man your fatherhoods must understand designed for the inheritance there sought his father but with what purpose sought he him my lords i tremble to pronounce it that a son unto a father and to such a father should have so foul felonious intent it was to murder him when being prevented by his more happy absence what then did he not check his wicked thoughts no now new deeds mischief doth ever end where it begins an act of horror fathers he dragged forth the aged gentleman that had there lain bedrid three years and more out of his innocent couch naked upon the floor there left him wounded his servant in the face and with this strumpet the stale to his forged practice who was glad to be so active i shall here desire your fatherhoods to note but my recollections as most remarkable thought at once to stop his father's ends discredit his free choice in the old gentleman redeem themselves by laying infamy upon this man to whom with blushing they should owe their lives what proofs have you of this most honoured fathers i humbly crave there be no credit given to this man's mercenary tongue forbear his soul moves in his fee oh sir this fellow for six souls more would plead against his maker you do forget yourself nay nay grave fathers let him have scope can any man imagine that he will spare his accuser that would not have spared his parent well produce your proofs i would i could forget i were a creature signor corbaccio corbaccio comes forward what is he the father has he had an oath yes what must i do now your testimony's craved speak to the knave i'll have my mouth first stopped with earth my heart abhors his knowledge i disclaim in him but for what cause the mere portent of nature he is an utter stranger to my loins have they made you to this i will not hear thee monster of men swine goat wolf parricide speak not thou viper sir i will sit down 
and rather wish my innocence should suffer than I resist the authority of a father. Signor Corvino. Corvino comes forward. This is strange. Who's this? The husband. Is he sworn? He is. Speak, then. This woman, please your fatherhoods, is a whore of most hot exercise, more than a partridge, upon record. No more. Nays like a genet. Preserve the honour of the court. I shall, and modesty of your most reverend ears, and yet I hope that I may say these eyes have seen her glued unto that piece of cedar, that fine, well-timbered gallant, and that here the letters may be read through the horn that make the story perfect. Excellent, sir. Corvino, aside to Mosca. There's no shame in this now, is there? None. Or if I said I hope that she were onward to her damnation, if there be a hell greater than whore and woman, a good Catholic may make the doubt. His grief hath made him frantic. Remove him hence. Look to the woman. Celia swoons. Rare, prettily feigned again. Stand from her border. Give her the air. Third avocatore to Mosca. What can you say? My wound, may it please your wisdoms, speaks for me, received in aid of my good patron. When he missed his sought-for father, when that well-taught dame had her cue given her to cry out a rape. Oh, most late impudence! Fathers! Sir, be silent. You had your hearing free, so must they theirs. I do begin to doubt the imposture here. This woman has too many moods. Brave fathers, she is a creature of a most professed and prostituted lewdness. Most impetuous, unsatisfied grave fathers. May her feignings not take your wisdoms. But this day she baited a stranger, a grave knight, with her loose eyes and more lascivious kisses. This man saw them together on the water in a gondola. Here is the lady herself that saw them too, without, who then had in the open streets pursued them, but for saving her knight's honour. Produce that lady. Let her come. Exit Mosca. These things, they strike with wonder. I am turned a stone. Re-enter Mosca with Lady Woodby. Be resolute, madam. I, this same as she. Pointing to Celia. Out, thou shamlon harlot! Now thine eyes vie with tears with the hyena. Dost thou look upon my wronged face? I cry your pardons, I fear. I have forgettingly transgressed against the dignity of the court. No, madam. And have been exorbitant. You have not, lady. These proofs are strong. Surely I had no purpose to scandalize your honours or my sexes. We do believe it. Surely you may believe it. Madam, we do. Indeed you may, my breeding is not so coarse. We know it. To offend with pertinency. Lady. Such a presence, no surely. We well think it. You may think it. Let her overcome. What witnesses have you to make good your report? Our consciences. And heaven, that never fails the innocent. These are no testimonies. Not in your courts, where multitude and clamour overcomes. Nay, then you do wax insolent. Re-enter officers, 
bearing Volpone on a couch. Here, here the testimony comes that will convince, and put to utter dumbness their bold tongues. See here, grave fathers, here's the ravisher, the rider on men's wives, the great impostor, the grand voluptuary. Do you not think these limbs should affect venery, or these eyes covet a concubine? Pray you, mark these hands. Are they not fit to stroke a lady's breasts? Perhaps he doth dissemble. So he does. Would you have him tortured? I would have him proved. Ah, best try him then with goads or burning irons. Put him to the strapado. I have heard the rack hath cured the gout. Faith, give it him and help him of a malady. Be courteous, I'll undertake before these honoured fathers. He shall have yet as many left diseases as she has known adulterers, or thou strumpets. Oh, my most equal hearers, if these deeds, acts of this bold and most exorbitant strain, may pass with sufferance, what one citizen but owes the forfeit of his life, yea, fame, to him that dares traduce him? Which of you are safe, my honoured fathers? I would ask with leave of your grave fatherhoods if their plot have any face or colour like to truth, or if unto the dullest nostril here it smell not rank and most abhorred slander. I crave your care of this good gentleman whose life is much endangered by their fable. And as for them, I will conclude with this, that vicious persons, when their heart and fleshed in impious acts, their constancy abounds. Damned deeds are done with greatest confidence. Take them to custody, and sever them. Tis pity two such prodigies should live. Let the old gentleman be returned with care. Exeunt officers with Volpone. I'm sorry our credulity hath wronged him. These are two creatures. I've an earthquake in me. Their shame, even in their cradles, fled their faces. Fourth Avocatore to Voltore. You have done a worthy service to the state, sir, in their discovery. You shall hear ere night what punishment the court decrees upon them. Exeunt Avocatori, Notario, and officers with Benario and Celia. We thank your fatherhoods. How like you it? Rare. I'd have your tongue, sir, tipped with gold for this. I'd have you be the heir to the whole city. The earth I'd have want men, ere you want living. They're bound to erect your statue in St. Mark's. Signor Corvino, I would have you go and show yourself that you have conquered. Yes. It was much better that you should profess yourself a cuckold thus, than that the other should have been proved. Nay, I considered that. Now it is her fault. Then it had been yours. True. I do doubt this advocate still. If faith you need not, I dare ease you of that care. I trust thee, Mosca. Exit. As your own soul, sir. Mosca? Now for your business, sir. How? Have you business? Yes, yours, sir. Oh, none else? None else, not I. Be careful, then. 
rest you with both your eyes sir dispatch it instantly and look that all whatever be put in jewels plates monies household stuff bedding curtains curtain rings sir only the advocate's fee must be deducted i'll pay him now you'll be too prodigal sir i must tender it two check wines as well no six sir tis too much he talked a great while you must consider that sir well there's three i'll give it him do so and there's for thee exit Masca aside bountiful bones what horrid strange offence did he commit against nature in his youth worthy this age to voltore you see sir how i work into your ends take you no notice no i'll leave you exit all is yours the devil and all good advocate madam i'll bring you home no i'll go see your patron that you shall not i'll tell you why my purpose is to urge my patron to reform his will and for the zeal you have shown to-day whereas before you were but third or fourth you shall be now put in the first which would appear as begged if you were present therefore you shall sway me exeunt end of act four